0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders around the world. I have a lot for you guys, and I have some exciting stuff, more so than in the past. I want to get the particulars out of the way and get right into this quick, so bear with me, of course. Cryptotalkradio.net is the site to hit all of our various platforms, and we appreciate if you would share the word. Anybody you think would benefit from the type of coverage that we do, and anybody that's been following the show realizes that our coverage is dramatically different than anybody else, I argue, That's whether it's YouTube or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Crypto Talk Radio is all over the place now, and we have a lot going on, and I've got some news about that, but I would argue nobody's doing it the way we're doing it. And I continue to work to step up my game because I firmly believe My listeners deserve nothing but the best, better than all the rest. Let's get into our other stuff here for our internal news and updates. I will not have any external news today because I've got my guest that's recorded and we got that audio for you. So I want to optimize the time best I can, but I do want to cover some internal points that I think are important for you to know. Top of the list, we got a call back. It was a good call for the calls that I was waiting on that would tell me about my move. I don't like some of the timing. There's gonna be a call tomorrow morning for some negotiations to try to streamline the timing a little bit, but it looks like it's gonna move forward. Now, what that means for me is it basically gives me more confidence that I can get the heck out of Nevada. If you've ever followed the news, now's the time because there's chatter finally about Nevada and how bad it is. And if you're curious about why I'm so adamant about getting the heck out of here, I encourage you to check out the news about Nevada. All you have to search is Nevada Democrats and you will see tons of articles that are finally telling the truth about how bad it is out here. And I've committed to leaving because even if there's a blowout in November, which we expect there to be, even if you get new people in there, I believe it's so far gone that it's not going to make a difference, number one. Number two, even if I'm wrong and it could make a difference, it'll take too long to make a significant difference. And number three, you still have the same president in office doing the wrong things. The president, of course, has agreed, quote unquote, to back off the mandates for masks on planes, which begs the question why he even bothered doing it in the first place. It's because he knew it would take years to funnel through the court system and get pushed back. And so he just took advantage of abuse of the rules this the reason I'm bringing that up here is because all of that we're in a hospitality state this is the central state for people flying in and out and so when you harm hospitality everything else suffers you're raising not taxes but like on consumption side the retail side everything is priced crazy out you've got now that they're trying to open things back up you've got companies that are kind of getting more aggressive with things and so it's bad all because the current president has pushed these down on people. And so what I've tried to do is get away from that and get to some sanity, get to a place where they allow me to grow the, the show and the brand. That's my goal. And so, you know, the reason I'm talking and letting you know what's happening is so you're in the loop because as my listeners, I think it's my duty to make sure you're aware of anything that may impact my ability to deliver. From what I can tell, I'm still going to be able to deliver just like I've been doing. I don't anticipate a need to change the schedule because I've got kind of things sorted out, but I don't have a date yet. Once I get a date from my contact, I'm going to try to negotiate the date to get a little bit slicker with things. Once, if I get successful on that one, then I'll know when I can leave. Everything's not packed. I still have to pack and do that. I'm not worried about that because most of my big stuff is already gone. Now it's my small stuff. Unfortunately, that includes my podcast setup. So I'm going to have to have some time, but the plan is to do this all over weekend. As I mentioned before, Crypto Talk Radio has a schedule. I upload every Tuesday and Thursday. Casual Talk Radio is every Monday and Wednesday. I did that on purpose, number one, for sanity reasons. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't getting burned out doing this because I do enjoy it. It's just when you do it all the time, you start to get burned out. Plus, crypto's kind of died down because the president, every time he goes up, anytime the green candles show up he goes on the air and says something that crashes it and i've argued i believe that's intentional i have no proof but when you see this the chatter around cryptocurrencies kind of died off now you're starting to see more scams and more sketchy projects or ones that are just a waste of time even shib is not able to sustain success in this type of a market and i don't think it's because people don't want crypto i think that what's happening is our government the united states is actively working to keep it down and keep it from succeeding. So that's caused people to less talk about cryptocurrencies. So now what I've done, and this is my second set of internal news, I've created a new program for Crypto Talk Radio. It is dedicated to YouTube as a program. This is called NFTs That Matter. And what that's going to do is anytime I come across an NFT-based project, I'm going to have a feature on youtube it's a dedicated playlist for those people that are interested in that type of coverage those are gonna have a dedicated thing the plan right now my guest today it's just like any other coverage that i've done so in this case d or token was the other one that i did that fits this category and that's back in the archives but anytime i come across these projects they're going to be the first my guest today is going to be the first under youtube for nfts that matter there's no video at this point there's no imagery because the video I'm preserving for subscribers, people that are supporters, people that are, that are supporting the show, then I'm gonna give them access through this supporter channel, which I'll talk about in a second, for the video if they want it as one of the perks that they get. You'll always get the audio, so you're gonna get the full audio and you're getting it before everybody else here after I finish my spiel. Every single time, no matter what it is, no matter when, I will commit to you, you will always have access to the audio free of charge. And then I encourage you as we talk about their website and other sources that they have for their project i encourage you to go check them out see if it makes sense for you and even contact them a lot of these are very open to the feedback and they're very interactive with the community and we want to showcase those projects we want to spotlight the ones that look like they're doing something different than the shibs and the doges of the world and kind of bring them to light so this nfts that matter playlist is active now on youtube if you're on our youtube channel you can check it out the way I've done it for this is it's gonna be, this coverage is gonna be parceled out because I want them to be short, quick, dirty things and then as part of the play ca- playlist, you could just play through all each and every one. But some people might only care about certain parts of the coverage. That's why I did it compartmentalize the way I'm going to do it. So part one's up there, just an introduction to the, the host for the token, just to know what he is, the business problem that it solves, it's quick and dirty, like three minutes out. Just to get a sense, okay, there's something here, it's somewhat credible, and then the next parts will just go to different components of things that he's talked about and that we discussed together. So, NFTs That Matter, that playlist is live. It does not have all the audio because you guys and gals are getting the exclusive first. I believe that you, as this long-term supporters and listeners, deserve that. So, you're going to get the full audio here as soon as I finish up my spiel here. With that coverage, I just wrapped up the editing for... The other point of the internal news here, we're in communications right now, potentially, there's no guarantees and there's no affirm. I'm actually being a little bit aggressive on purpose because as I've said, you guys deserve the best. So I'm not going to degrade the experience in any way, but there's a potential partnership coming. The partnership would be no different than the coverage I do today, but it would be more coverage than I normally do for a project. If I go this route, It'll be very supportive of the, of the programming. It'll provide a little bit of revenue to help the show out. And it will also let me test the waters. We have a price schedule that we gave them and we'll see what they think. It's We are dramatically significantly less expensive than anybody else I believe out there because we're not trying to enrich off people. We're trying to help not only the token project, but also investors. We're trying to give the exposure as a platform since we are of somewhat influence on our YouTube channel and others which I'll mention in a second. And so we wanna give them that chance if they wanna work with us. Of course, the guidelines are still the same and that set of guidelines that I've written up, that's gonna be available on the site, cryptotalkradio.net. If this goes forward, it's gonna be published in a section where you can see that yourself, what basically every project would have to agree to. In the future, if we get additional projects that wanna do partnerships, they will have to agree to those terms as well. We're gonna actually build a formal agreement structure, nothing fancy, but just, I want them to understand what we do and how we do it. And my coverage and my cadence and my flow, nobody has any dictate over how I do it. So if you want the partnership, you're doing it because you like the way we do it and you want that smoke. And that's what we want. We want the projects that want that smoke, not because we're trying to get enriched off of them, but to help them kind of consultative. So that's in the works. We'll see how that goes. And if it does go forward, of course, you'll be the first to know and you'll see it on the site, the updates. Speaking of the site, I finished up the board that I promised for you guys. If you go to cryptotalkradio.net and you scroll down, there's a section that says service roadmap. And you click that, and there's a, at the very underneath the header, it'll say something along the lines of view task list here or something. That's actually a link. You click it, it'll take you to our board. And on the board, you can see all the different things that we're currently, that are in our queue and what status they're in. I wanna tell you, and I'm pretty excited about this, everything you, if you decide to go look at this at CryptoTalkRadio.net, everything you see on that board is a brain dump, which means my memory's not quite shot, it's just there's certain things I don't remember as well as other things. Everything on there was a brain dump because I knew I had to get it written down somewhere because I wasn't doing any sort of task management. But now that I'm getting more and more of these different things as the brand builds out, I figured I would create this board. It's called a Kanban board for those that aren't familiar with IT terminology. It's the parallel, digital parallel to like putting post-it notes on the wall to track where things are. And it's just to give a high level view. It doesn't have any details, doesn't have any over specifics. For those that are familiar with IT, they are categorized epics and then the epics have stories. But the stories are team stories, they're internal, they're not from the customers, we're not there yet. The goal is simply to give visibility to you guys so that you know the kinds of things that are on the roadmap and on the path as I build the brand and you can tell. I think there's like 60 items on there. There's a lot. Some of them are gonna happen sooner rather than later. Some of them may even drop off depending on the research. There's a lot of unknowns, but you wanna have at least some vision about what you want the thing to be. You can also see things that were completed. Uh, there's not dates on completions because at this point it's kind of irrelevant. It's just kind of a brain dump. But if you're curious about it, Cryptotalkradio.net. Scroll down under Service Roadmap. Click that. The very top thing it says like View Tasks. Click that, and it'll take you to that board. If you're curious about the different things that we are currently working on. The last bit of news I'll mention. So I'm working on, and it's one of the board items, but I'm working on. A change to the site and you're like well you just changed it yes I did but that was just to get a presence that was just to get something up the site that I know I need for crypto talk radio is gonna be dramatically different than what's there now and the reason is because number one in order to do my supporter area that I've talked about I've got to have the framework to be able to give it to you but number two in order to set the future for crypto talk radio I've got to have more technology in place for things like the subscription notifications, for things like the logging into whatever we do, some of the value add things that we're talking about and that kind of stuff. All that's gonna require a rethink of the site. Not a rethink, but I need to take it to the next level. What I have is the 80%. It was never the final, I just need to have a presence. Now that I have a presence, now that I've got interest, now that I've got traffic, now that I've got more growth, now I have to step it up and go to the next level, which will be a much more advanced site than what you see. Same information, much better organized, much cleaner, but also future-proofed. And the the biggest reason for this future-proofing goes to my spoiler alert. And I'll mention the spoiler briefly. I don't have details yet, but there will be a token. I don't have any specifics beyond that. There will be a token. I have the vision, I have the mechanics, I have what I think I want it to do I even have the network. I believe it's going to be on the avalanche chain from what I can tell, but there will be a token. That's all I can tell you right now as kind of a teaser that's in the works. It'll be part of the supporter function. Once I have more data and I need the new site in order to show this to you, but once I have more data, I will communicate that data to you. You'll hear it first from me. Once I've got it all figured out of what that means, what does that mean when I say we'll have a token? I don't even know what it means. I just know that it's on my list to consider something along those lines and then I have to be careful about legality and that kind of stuff but it's part of the plan to do that and then just build on top of that and kind of go forward from there the last bit of news I'll mention this doesn't affect the podcast any it's just so you're FYI so now crypto talk radio is on rumble.com rumble.com for those that don't know is a video hosting platform it was spun up in response to the fact that YouTube does a lot of heavy censorship at times. They haven't censored any of my videos, but in the past, specifically around 2020, they were censoring a lot of people. And then 2021, they were still censoring a lot of people. They've toned down a little bit, but there are still times that they'll just do crazy stuff. Like Russell Brand is the only person who can get away with saying certain things. And so my concern was, I didn't want to ever have loss of content. So with the podcast, for example, not only is it on the host, but it's also on iTunes, it's on Spotify, it's on Stitcher, it's on iHeart, it's on TuneIn, Google, it's everywhere. And I have backups to all the audio. And I can duplicate it pretty much everywhere if I chose to. So I can never be, quote, down. I wanted to make sure it's always available. The same applies on the YouTube side. The YouTube, of course, has our snippets, they're very bite sized chunks of coverage. Some some of them are exclusive and I didn't want to lose in case YouTube starts getting crazy again. Uh, I didn't want to lose any of this. So what I did is I set up Rumble and it literally copies what's on YouTube over to Rumble. But it's a separate platform. I can post content there as well. So I treat it as another platform for the show and it's already gotten some vis- visibility which is going to increase interest in the podcast and the platform. This is good for everybody. The more I can get Eyes on the prize. The more the more I can deliver, and the more quality I can focus on. There's a lot of things I want to do. There's a lot of hardware things I want to improve. Obviously, getting out in Nevada is like priority number one. I would like to have a more dedicated room for recording than what I have. There's a lot that's still on the deck. Many of these will be added to the board, but just so you know, being on Rumble positions us for more. The other platform we're now on is TikTok, and you might think, well, what the heck? The use case here was this was recommended by a guest on Casual Talk Radio, who is in the top one percent of podcasts worldwide. And as I was talking to him, he suggested that yes, TikTok is garbage, and we all know it's garbage because you know the fifteen-year-old girl singing and all the music and all this. But TikTok is trying to legitimize itself; it's trying to go more mainstream. And so there's an opportunity. They actually have a section dedicated to podcasts so the my vision for what TikTok will be in the short term is and you can check this out if you want to i'll have a link off the site for this or you can visit us on twitter at ctr crypto radio if you're on twitter i have a one of the videos the very first videos up there what it's going to be is when i do these introductions of of tokens where i have the guest on the show and they're giving me the elevator pitch let's say a two three minute introductory thing those will go on our TikTok to basically introduce them to the world and then I can share those out through social media to get more eyes on things. So this is what my plan is with TikTok is that it's really just going to be a quick dirty gateway to get people aware of the different guests that we have. It's not really going to be used for anything else at this point. TikTok has said that they're going to be increasing to 10 minutes per video they have not yet when it goes to 10 minutes per video. Then I can introduce my swag, which is the preview of the projects that I do from YouTube over into TikTok so I get more exposure. And again, consider that TikTok, it has its own separate audience. There's a lot more people that have moved from like Instagram and from Twitter and they're going to TikTok because, well, who knows why. So there's an audience there. This may help spur growth. The plan is I'm going to go ahead and do this for some of these quick, dirty little things that I don't really care about. See if it increases our traffic, increases more interest in the platform and the brand. And if it does, great. And if it doesn't, I can always discontinue it. But the idea is if it works and we can make this do what we want it to do, it might be a viable presence. If I'm testing it right now, if it takes off, each of the brands will have their own TikTok account. So Crypto Talk Radio would have its own. Right now it's under CTR because it didn't make sense until I know that it's even not a waste of time. But if it works, CTR Crypto Talk Radio will have its own separate brand on TikTok. Casual Talk would have its own, potentially. I could even do boxing, potentially. Boxing is tricky. Combat Talk Radio. So I've got visions of what that might look like. Crypto is the beta test. We're going to kick the tires, see if it makes any sense. And if it does, then we'll go ahead and go with it. I'll wrap up my internals with this. I'm back on deck. I think I mentioned this uh, last week. I'm back on deck with working on moving the podcast to the new host after I've got a little bit more assurance on things and what they might do. However, I'm not going to actually physically move it until after I am physically out of Nevada. And the reason for that is I need access to my hardware because when you move it, you have to do some cleanups and some and some corrections and I need my hardware to do that. So as it stands right now, there is no desire or need to relocate the podcast. However, it's still on deck to do it. And it's going to take place after I'm out of Nevada, whenever that happens to be the current estimate for me being out of Nevada is sometime around the first week of May. That's not firm, but that's what I'm hurt. That's what I'm hearing. I have the call tomorrow. My hope is to try to get him to commit to sooner than that, like to the last week of April for me to get started with what we're doing. And then it doesn't matter when I go. So we'll see what that looks like, but right now tentatively we're talking first week of May, possibly second week of May, for me to be out of here completely. Then I need to set up my hardware again, then I will go through and I will do the move. I have to take a weekend to just correct any issues with the audio, update all the third party places, and some of them are more painful than others like Google, to make sure that we don't lose any traction. I will, the Tuesday or Thursday before I actually do this, it's probably going to be Thursday. I will make sure you're informed about what's happening and when it's going to happen. And if there's anything you need to do or change, I don't anticipate that you should. Cause I think at this point I've cleaned up everything to where your application should be showing correctly. And you would get the audio automatically just like you did before. What I then have to inform you is that you'll get the new, if you're subscribed on the host, which is Substack, you'll get the new email alerts of new episodes Just like you did before, it's going to look different, but it'll be the same email. So you may have to do a, like a rule if it goes to spam and I'll inform you if that's from my testing, it shouldn't, but I can't control your uh, email program. So I'll let you know if there's anything you need to do from what I can tell from my testing. I don't expect anything should break, but I will have on deck the ability to contact in case you run into something strange or weird. That's all I got for internal news. Let's go ahead and get this done with my guest today. And again, it's part of the NFT side. So it, while there is a token standard cryptocurrency token involved, it is not the primary of this one. This project is called ETHJets jets, ETH jets, the site is ethjets.io. I'll give you more information after my guest audio, but suffice it to say, this is a utility based project it does something. It's not like just random NFTs with artwork. This actually does something. And so I want you to con- consider the audio under the auspices of an actual business, because that's how it's being prepared. That's how it's going to be managed. That's how it's being handled is that it's actually a business that they're creating with this. The NFT is simply part of the benefits that you get and the community aspect is critical to the growth of it. So, don't listen to it under cool artwork or whatever garbage it is this is now a business and the nft is part of the business structure structure and strategy that's what you want to think about without further ado i give you moose from eth jets all right moose yes sir. man known as moose on <laughs> social media
1: That's
0: funny. Is joining us. Moose wanted to smoke. And I appreciate that Moose joined the show and wanted to chat with us real briefly about this project. How are you doing, Moose, today?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having us on. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for coming. Your community has... Reached out and said, I actually had people that are followers of the show that okay. didn't know that we were doing this today. And they said, you know, you should really talk to this guy, Moose, because he's got a great project. And I said, he's already booked. We're That's already awesome. there. So the word is out. You're cool. you're getting the word and it's spreading. And that was why I was excited to speak to you, because not only the people in the folks that follow me, but also in your community, there's there's an excitement factor to this. Yeah. Do me a favor yeah. right at the front. Give me the yeah. elevator pitch of... Who you are what the project is what it's designed to do the problem is designed to solve and just let everybody know just what it is in a summary kind of elevator pitch
1: yeah so uh, my name is nick scott i'm actually an airline pilot i've been flying um, uh, since i was 16 years old aviation's kind of uh, been my dream since uh, i was a young kid got into the crypto space about uh, or the nft space about nine months ago which kind of led to the formation of eJets when i was looking for something that had a little bit better utility in terms of Eat jets being involved, and I can't just talk about that without the team. Um, we've got myself. Uh, we've got OG Damon Dallas from Chain of Fools as, uh helping us in the, as a moderator, and he's been amazing. We've got a guy named Steady Freddy, who's also a moderator from a couple other communities. We've got a guy named Mike, who is currently developing our app. And then we've got the incubator team doing our smart contract, which consists of Jesse Freeland from the Cryptoon Goons. So we've got that end wrapped up pretty well. I'm pretty confident in that, that smart contract, things are going to go smooth. So as far as EatJets, uh, Oh, one last thing to add, what's really cool is every single person I mentioned came from the community, mm. except for the incubators, the incubators I met ahead of time from Cryptoon Goons, I uh, was able to bring them on, but uh, everyone else I mentioned was already in the community and has come on board. So that's pretty cool. Nice. We weren't an outside hire. So for EatJets, really, who are we and how did this come about? being in aviation i'm an airbus captain been flying the airbus for about the last 15 years but prior to that i flew corporate jets for several different companies the jet charter world has absolutely exploded in the last two years demand has increased exponentially last year alone in 2021 there were 200 million dollars in unfulfilled charter requests so Mm. that number caught my eye so there were 200 million dollars out there in requests to charter a jet that just went absolutely unanswered and unfulfilled so there is a market for that. So looking at the NFT side, I thought, man, how can I bridge this gap? How can I do the NFT space and bridge it with, with the jet charter? And that's kind of how each came came about. My primary focus, though, was how can I bring something back to the community? Because being a part of a lot of projects, I, I think people don't really talk about it that much, but it's like these projects, I mean, they're raising a lot of money. They're they're raising millions of dollars. And I thought, I've got there's got to be a way that I can give back beyond what any project has done to the people that helped get this going and really yeah. uh, do that ground up approach. So that's kind of how e got started. And you just let me know and I can keep going or, or if you got any questions from that.
0: That's good. I want to dig in into yeah. a lot of what you, what you talked about. So first, to give context, Airbus 320, is it fair yes. to pretty much categorize that as the quintessential passenger jet. We're talking when you go to frontier or Delta, it's the plane that you would board is an Airbus A320. Is that fair first?
1: Yes. Yes. So what we're okay. talking about with eJets jets is private jet travel. The opposite of right. that. Yeah.
0: And the reason I want to draw the, the delineation is that Nick is a, he's a captain, right? He's a pilot. Right. So he understands the actual function of flying a plane. The eth jets. The strategy is around private jets, separate from the plane that you would know when you're going to the airport, getting groped by TSA and da 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 da. There's still the TSA, but the type of plane is different. The interest, as far as the the desire to do it, right now, the private jets. And I want to have you. Correct me if this is wrong. Most layman people don't think about it. They don't even think about it as an option. They're just thinking about, okay, I'll find this frontier ticket for 60 bucks to fly, to go see my family in the private mm-hmm. jet space. There's the opportunity as an example you gave, and I'll get to this in a second with discord Yeah. where maybe you get a couple of buddies and you want to go up to mammoth, let's say, and you want to just charter the private jet. Is that a fair, strong use case for the other 99% of wealth out there?
1: Correct. Correct. And what, you, what we're doing, go ahead, or go, ahead, go, go ahead. ahead, But what we're doing though, is you, you nailed it on the head, 99% of the top 1%, right? Yeah. And with EatJets, we've been able to innovate and figure out a way to make it affordable for the 99%, not just the 1%. And I'll explain kind of how we do that as we evolve this conversation.
0: You explained in the, and by the way, it looks like Discord is pretty much your go-to for all information. You have actually a, a room, a dedicated room for all the videos that you did that answer basic questions and give introduction. Kudos for that. Do And it looks like, and I'd like you to correct me if I get it wrong, it looks like you are not actively promoting the telescam. Is that fair? Correct. Is that by design or just it's coming later
1: uh, it's coming later, yeah.
0: Okay, only reason I'm asking that is because what I learned is that most cryptos that eventually want to get on an exchange, they'll go to Telescam because the exchanges are looking at Telescam activity to understand interest in a project. And I, I have a personal pet peeve against Telescam because it also promotes the, you know, the fake rooms and all the other garbage that I think degrades a community where from my opinion, this is my first statement to you, it feels like the way that you've positioned the community so far, has lent itself to a healthy community. You have people that are supportive of the project. And I wasn't sure if Telescan was a future thing or just a design that we're just not going to go there.
1: You know, so the incubator team with Austin, Mac, and Cheesy, which is probably one of the coolest usernames I've heard of, but uh, (laughs) Austin and Jesse, these guys are brilliant. So in terms of Telescan, that would, right now, we're really just focused on building like the right community, not buying bots, fake followers. If you, I mean, you're in there. It's not, you know, wag me 400 times in a row. It's genuine conversations. We're already talking about golfing together. You know, going to Formula One races together. So it's, uh, it's really unique and cool. And I think we're doing it the right way. The core base that we have and are growing with, they're in for the long term. It's not just a quick flip.
0: One of the questions that was asked, and I assume this came from the community, but was around a so-called business plan. And Mm -hmm. I would assume that something like that would come along at some later point, because I know you talked about there's other players that would be involved once you kind of get this off the ground. And you talked about let's get the one plane and the whole NFT, you know, raising is to get the one plane in. And then after Mm -hmm. that's there, run it for like six months, prove it, basically minimum viable product, at which time I would assume a business plan would then come. Is that fair?
1: Uh, Correct. Uh, The business plan will actually be coming before we purchase that plane. Uh, What we're working on, you know, when I talked about, you know, utility and value, how can I bring something other than just here's your NFT, here's access to a jet, here's access to a concierge service or, you know, chartering the jet for 90% cheaper. I want to bring more. And what's, we're in a good position because people of influence, musicians, athletes, they want to fly. Privately, And so what I'm working on right now is leveraging and uh, kind of utilizing what we are going to have uh, in exchange for access to potentially maybe some concerts, some meet and greets, events with athletes, something that we can provide in, in addition to our NFT pass holders other than, and I, I'm not trying to diminish it, but you know, flying the jet, which is a pretty big perk, but I want more and I'm I'm constantly looking for something else that I can give up on my end in exchange to bring more value. For our pass holders.
0: That makes sense. What yeah. about a basic uh, white paper instead of a full business plan, but just a basic yeah. white paper? Um, is that on the radar?
1: Yeah, it's. I would say it's like ninety five percent completed. Um, so we're currently in discussions uh, with a couple major groups uh, in terms of a partnership, and so that's really. And I know it's tough because we are so early, but I want to wait until those are signed and we've we've got you know agreement and principle before we publish that because I just don't want. I feel like a lot of projects put out this grandiose you know roadmap and then fulfill thirty percent of it, and so you know I really want to be. You know where that hey whatever we put out is something we know and 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 are going to execute on not just some high hope
0: right let's dig into the nfts a little bit Yeah. so i see the two different levels membership levels yeah is it correct to believe that ultimately everybody can charter the jets at some point but the benefit of being an nft holder is the discounts and the other perks
1: correct so when I go back to that $200 and in unfulfilled charter requests, so what most people don't realize is probably 98% of all jet charter companies out there, they don't own any jets, they're just brokers. So mm-hmm. you wanna go from location A to B, you come to me or whoever the jet broker is, say I wanna fly on a jet, they will actually go out and put a request to everybody and say I need quotes. They'll get usually the lowest quote, they'll add five ten thousand $10,000 to it and then present it to you as if it's their their jet, when in reality you're using someone else's jet. That's mm-hmm. typically how it works, so each EatJets itself will stay very, very busy with the brokers out there because the demand is there, so we will have plenty of requests where we can put the plane to work, but that said, our captain and global pass holders will always have first dibs, so you'll always have priority over a broker trip, and those trip costs will be significantly cheaper.
0: Okay. When I looked at the perks and Mm -hmm. I'm specifically targeting the captain membership when I asked this, when I looked at the perks, it reminded me of Visa Black. Visa Black, it comes out and it offers all sorts of concierge and all these things. The downside of something like Visa Black is you pretty much have to have perfect credit to the point you didn't need it in the first place. Exactly. This that you're doing, NFTs, pretty much anybody can get into NFTs. Anybody can Mm -hmm. hold NFTs. Of course, there's country legality concerns, but within that, you can pretty much hold and own and you even said no you can sell this if you want whereas other memberships might not be transferable so right there you have a benefit what I want to know is I looked at the closest, what appears to be, and I want you to correct me if I get this wrong, appeared to be the largest competitor being NetJets. And mm-hmm. their membership was like 125 grand. And yours in the NFT is a fraction of this. Make the numbers make sense. Is that based on just the profit they're adding or staff, or what is the differentiator there?
1: Net, I mean, NetJets is a is a whole different animal. I mean, they're, they're huge. So that 125,000 with NetJets, you're not just buying a membership, you're actually pre-buying block hours in a jet. Oh, okay. Um, I would say the closest comparison would be a company like JetLinks. Uh, I believe right now they just opened up their second round of membership passes this year and to buy in, it's like 17,000, I believe 17,500, right around there. And that's just a buy in to their Jet yeah. membership card. And then that gives you access to then charter their Jets, similar to what we're doing with, with eJets. So, yeah. but one thing I really want to hit on in the biggest comparison there. So when we talked about, you know, it helps to go into the videos, the the answers section in our Discord because I do talk about kind of some of the insider stuff that a lot of people don't realize. And that is, if you want to charter a trip from, you know, A to B, um, you're being charged to go to A to B and then sending that plane back to A again, right? Right. So, or if that plane started somewhere else, you're being charged for that plane to go from, you know, A to pick you up in B and take you to C and then come back to A again. So, in that one trip, there's two empty legs. And that's probably the thing I'm most excited about is that with our app, you're gonna be able to verify ownership of the NFT, but we will. Um, post in real time, you'll be able to see where the fleet is at all times, but you'll be able to see every empty leg that we have out there. Most companies double dip. So if they know they're going from Dallas to Vegas, instead of sending, you know, they're going to charge you to go Dallas to Vegas and then the plane empty from Vegas back to Dallas. But What most companies will do is they'll let the plane sit in Vegas and then double dip and charter it out of Vegas. So what we're going to do is post those empty legs and offer those to our NFT members for like up to 90% off. And that's our way of passing on the savings, you know, and for being, being a member. So for instance, a Gulfstream has, you know, anywhere configured between 12 and 15 seats, you could theoretically hop on that jet for 1500 bucks, 2000 bucks. Now, if you divide that amongst, you know, 10 people, it's now cheaper than a a Frontier ticket or Southwest ticket. And that's membership
0: is. But the membership itself is just enabling the ability to do the charter, right? So like in the, let's even use JetLinks, I think JetLinks said like 30K or something. In the membership price itself, that's just enabling the charter. You still have the additional cost of the actual charter. So in the membership, just the membership, the amount they're charging, I wanna to try to make the numbers make sense on why theirs is so much higher. Is it just raw profit or is there some overhead that we're aware of that drives that number so much higher?
1: Um, not necessarily, so it's mostly raw profit, but it's it's really access to their fleet. So what they've done is they've gone out oh. and partnered with other companies, individuals, said let us use your jet while you're not using it. Most people don't want to let anyone use their jet. And so having a plane available, and then you get a discount. So. You're not going through a traditional broker who's adding five, ten thousand $10,000 to every trip. You're gonna get a discount on that.
0: Right, so they're essentially passing costs back because they have to make it worth those holders' financial while to make it not reserved, but uh, readily available. They're kind of passing that cost back to the person. Whereas in this case, you're proactively going out as needed when there's a need to charter. And so there's not that upfront charge, is that fair?
1: Correct, yep. The planes okay. will be on a floating schedule. so. If they start point A and end in point B, they'll sit in point B until they pick up another trip. So um, you'll be able to see that on the app, wherever the plane is real time, 24 seven.
0: The other point I saw the, for the people that don't hold the NFT and they Mm -hmm. can charter the flights if they choose, there's a 50% that goes back to the community wallet. I want to just kind of clarify, though, that feels like it's more of a disincentive. It's really it is advantageous to you to hold the NFT to save this amount above and beyond the price. It's not really to it's not profit driven. It's we want you to be the NFT holder. We want you to be part of this. And if that's if that's true, then my second question off that is I would assume and I want you to correct me if I get it wrong. I would assume that a lot of the people that might find interest in this may not even know what an NFT is, may not be interested in them. We saw Kanye West said, don't bother with your NFT stuff. Yeah. What's yeah. the plan to break that ice and, and kind of help people understand that NFTs can be more than just the the bored apes and the crypto punks, and it actually can facilitate strong utility. What's the plan to help them to get them on board?
1: Um, well, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the guys we brought on, on our team, Steady Freddy, I mean, that, that's his full-time gig is education so we plan on making that a big part of our business is educating those we'll have a team that will walk you through setting up your wallet but the reason for that fee is is twofold, right? Um, one, we want to drive more value to the secondary market for our users. So I understand. I mean, there's a lot of people that will buy two or three with intent of keeping one and selling two. So if I could help you out and raise that floor up to minimum one ETH by charging one ETH, I would hope that the floor is one ETH because they're going to be paying a one ETH fee, right? So right. Um, That said, education is going to be a big, big aspect. But we also aren't going to turn down business. If somebody absolutely refuses, and to be totally upfront, four thousand or you know a one e three thousand dollars fee, a lot of these people won't even notice. They won't blink
0: at it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just it's not uh, in the grand scheme. It's it's not a major factor for them. They just want the jet when they want it, where it's at. So
0: yeah, and. The NFT is obviously fully transferable because it's your own NFT and what you choose to do with it after you purchase it is up to you. Correct. You can also, I want to confirm, it says one NFT membership card, but nothing stops you from owning multiple. Is that fair? Correct. Yeah, we were, uh,
1: we're in the process uh, still with the incubator team, but uh, we're most likely going to do like five, five um, NFTs per transaction. So you can get as many as you want.
0: And then I saw some chatter in the Discord about an upcoming token.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned the community wallet earlier. And this whole thing really started with, again, how can I bring value back to the community? There's got to be another way, right? Other than, you know, what's traditionally been done. So we're going to set up a community wallet on Gnosis Safe. So it's fully transparent. It'll require multiple people to sign in, to have things dispersed and moved around so everybody can see what's going on. But 10% of the charter profits will be deposited back into the community wallet. Why that's significant, just one G4, so one Gulfstream 4, which is the plane we're looking at uh, purchasing right now, one G4 will generate anywhere between three to just under $4 million a year in net profit. So it's gonna generate quite a bit of money. That money, 10% of that will be put into the community wallet. So what we plan on doing is giving the community three different options every quarter as to what they wanna do. Um, We'll let them vote on it. So one, it could be, hey, we wanna buy 10 Teslas and auction them off or you know give them away or one thing I think it'd be cool is you know did anyone has anyone in our community who's getting like married this month right so there's 10 people getting married Well, let's pay for your wedding or hmm. who who do we have anybody that was in you know Florida on a hurricane that had some damage let's go buy them a house I mean let's do something really cool unique come together as a community and give Unlike anybody else has given before, and then lastly, what I'd like to do, and it was honestly uh, brought up by one of our users, which is so cool because our community, everybody, everybody's super smart, keeps giving us all these great ideas. But uh, they're like, hey, come up with your own, you know, EatJet's token, and then you could give us the option to airdrop, you know, that token to our wallets, and then we could use that token to pay for jet travel. So you know, down the road, let's say there's an empty leg and it's, you know, 3,500 bucks um, to go from New York to Miami. And we'll just say for easy math, the jet tokens, you know, valued at $1. It's, you know, after a year and a half or, or shorter, depending on how many jets we bring on board, you might have that 3,500 token sitting in there and now you just chartered it for free. You didn't pay anything yeah. out of pocket. So there's, mm. some, there's some cool options, but the community wallet mm. is gonna play a huge, huge part in this project on how we give back.
0: We had a very, I'll say challenging month in late March and April. And my speculation is that people were dumping tokens in anticipation of tax Filing and the bills that they expected potentially. That's a theory. I have no evidence, but I saw a lot of movement straight to USD Tether. And the only reason you do that is to cash out or FOMO people that are just trying to stabilize it and stop the bleeding. So one of the two. And we expect there will be some buybacks, but we don't know when. And the reason I'm asking the question here for you is with everything that's being talked about, value persistence and stability of value has started to become a thing in crypto. Of how do we get? the value not to be lost. And I say lost, I put it in quotes, but just from the perspective of holders of NFTs or tokens, you see red candles. And then there starts to be a loss of that uh, desire to continue, Mm -hmm. which I argue people, it's like, if you believe in the developer and you believe in the project and you believe in what they're doing, you just got to hold the line. And I know it's hard. It's psychological Mm -hmm. in what you're going to build. You're coming in right during a very sketchy time. We've got our president and just so you know the audience is worldwide for this podcast so I, I have to clarify that our president will go on the air whenever the thing starts to get green and he'll say something that i believe in my own opinion not shared by nick scott but in my opinion is purpose built to keep crypto from succeeding right. how as you launch this as you roll this out and we're dealing with this turmoil and very challenging times and potential more covet lockdowns it's a hard time what's have you thought about kind of the game plan of dealing or mitigating with it some of it's out of your control yeah but just kind of talk me through things if there's been a thought process around how to avoid that or get around it and keep the momentum
1: yeah so i think that's a great point and i also think that's probably one of our biggest selling points right because our mm-hmm. nft is tied to an actual asset right it's tied to yeah. a physical asset that's generating revenue so a lot of these projects that are doing great they're having to innovate and come up with new things constantly, right? To keep the buzz and keep the hype going. Uh, merchandise, which is awesome. We'd love to do merchandise too, but at some point it's gonna be more and more difficult because you gotta keep feeding your community, right? Like what else can we give back? What what can we generate or do to keep the buzz going? Whereas with EatJets, the community wallet and the jet generating revenue, and then multiple jets. Uh, we do have a verbal commitment from a PE firm that after six months of operating, they would inject a hundred million dollars into the business. It's an option on the table. It doesn't mean we're gonna take it. Personally I'd rather grow organically because just generate, you know, one jet, we can take the profits from that and dump it in and buy two more jets. And now we've got three jets coming out. And then next year do the same thing and multiply that um, with the end goal of 10 jets operating full time. So I think that's our biggest advantage point is that it is tied to a real world utility business. This isn't like yeah. speculation. It's it's a performance based industry and it's something that's absolutely booming that is showing no, uh, no hint of slowing down whatsoever.
0: Yeah, and it's an actual known problem in the Correct. unfulfilled. Uh, the amount of unfulfilled yeah. charter requests.
1: Seventeen million dollars. I'm sorry, sixteen point five million dollars last month in unfulfilled yeah. requests. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's a race. Just it is. The price of of jets are expensive now because of that. People are buying jets like crazy. So
0: yeah it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I looked deeper because I suspect as more people start to get on board, they'll mm-hmm. start to ask basic questions as they should in due diligence yeah. is your, cause I know sometimes you'll say, okay, this pilot has this many hours with this type of plane or this type of uh, flight or these destinations. And I know that information is available within the flight, you know, FAA and others, but yeah. are there basic credential information pieces that regular people can verify independently to say, no, nick Scott's got thousands of hours on flying and then he's got these people that are gonna come on board to work this and they've got this much time that might be made available to them?
1: Um, You know, that's a really good question. Aviation is such a unique industry that, you know, um, it's, you don't see many pilots like on LinkedIn for commercial airline pilots. So for myself, I mean, really started like most people and you know, had the passion of always wanted to be an airline pilot. I'd be more than happy to put out like a resume or something like that. I know some of the videos I've, I've already got ready to go. I've done like in the cockpit and stuff, but in terms of the the guys that we are going to hire, I'm really excited about that. Strictly because I am a pilot. I know how pilots think, I know what they want. I know how they want to be treated. And uh, pilots are the most simple, complex human beings ever. <laughs> so yeah. especially yeah. If that's my wife. But uh, we've already got, we're hiring four pilots out the gate and we've already got just under 4,200 resumes for those four spots compensation is going to be industry leading, time off is industry leading. Uh, I could go on and on because you want people that are solid, that'll treat the plane with respect, but more importantly, treat your passengers with respect. Cause the way I view it is we're going to have a lot of people that have never been on a private jet before. And so I want that experience for them to be like a lifetime memory, something they'll never forget, being able to hop on an Eatjet Gulfstream for cheaper than you could you know for a family of four down to Disney so I'm excited about that
0: yeah let me ask the hard question because I gotta ask and this comes from me Nick Scott does not share this opinion I must ask it for myself how if it's even been thought of maybe it's not but how do you avoid, there were stories predominantly, let's say, I want to say it was like early 2017, when we had a new president come in office, and unfortunately, there were certain pilots who didn't agree with that particular president coming in office, for whatever reasons, and yeah. they went on the loudspeaker, and did all sorts of, un, frankly, unprofessional, regardless of what you think, it's like yeah. You're, yeah. you're taking people's lives in your hands when you get in that plane, so that's one, and then just recently we had a situation where they couldn't land i believe it was in new york or somewhere they couldn't land and they tried there was like four aborted landings and the people were freaked out fainting and all this and they wanted to get off the plane when they did i think it was newark and they weren't allowed to get off because there's regs that say you can't put up well because it's it custom.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the only reason why I know the media is making a big deal, but it's because the flight originated in Mexico and was flying to New York. Customs is something that there are no, there's no leeway. So if you don't have the customs officials there that can off board the people there with the proper paperwork, they will not let you get off. Uh, When I flew corporate jets. And we would pick somebody up in Mexico and land in Houston. If there wasn't a customs official waiting there for us, sometimes we'd we'd wait in the plane for four or five hours waiting yeah. for that customs individual. We couldn't even open the door. They're that strict about it. That so That actually that's is,
0: what goes well. That goes to my question because you could theoretically have private flights that are in a similar situation for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I think certain people, just because of what they are seeing, because of the media, the way they present it, might be sketchy. And I I would argue I'm one of them. Might be sketchy to go through even the risk that that happens, or it could be something where it's like weather, truly a weather condition that causes mm-hmm. that. So I want to try to understand if it's even been thought of, and if it's not, that's okay. But has there been any thought of just information to try to talk about goes to education, right? The customs you just broke down is good to know, but also mm-hmm. here's our plan, right? We're dealing with yeah. pilots that have experienced doing this and we commit, we're not going to get on the loudspeaker and trash the president. And we're not going to, you know, just, I don't want to say policies because that's not the right word, but some kind of code of conduct I guess is the best word yeah, for
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, this is this is at a you know, especially a Gulfstream, not under understating, you know, some of the mid-sized or smaller charter air- aircraft, but a Gulfstream is seen as, you know, one of the most elite corporate jet aircraft in the world. So the pilots operating those didn't just start in a Gulfstream. They started in a small plane, worked there. I mean, we're talking decades of work to get into a Gulfstream. It is, mm. it is seen as the top of the top in the corporate industry. So um, there will absolutely be a policy in place in terms of keeping your personal You know political views to yourself but it it is a different environment because the airlines you got to go from a to b you don't as an airline captain if i divert it has to be for a very very serious reason because i'm now taking that aircraft out of a network that that plane had planned on going to five other places that day whereas in private jet travel let's say there is an issue or it's looking gusty and it's a first-time group our pilots we're going to give them the authority and leeway to say hey you know, make the best and safest decision. If you think it's better just to head, you know, to an airport that's 60 miles south of where you're intended to go, go. Let us know and we'll have, uh, you know, transportation waiting when you land. So there is a lot more flexibility on that end. But in terms of just professionalism, I, I don't want to like yeah. bash on the airline industry because I am an airline captain. Um, <laughs> the, the, you know, I, I'm a line check airman at my airline. Uh, meaning, when we hire new pilots, I train them in the plane. So they go through the simulator for three months, extensive training. Their first flight in a real plane is with passengers. Only one to 2% of all captains at an airline are line check airmen. And so that's something I do talk about, just that professional etiquette, but you are the voice and what you say is typically taken at word. That said, in the airline industry, what happens is when you're in the left seat as a captain for a long period of time, you kind of, it's it's easy to develop, oh, I hate to say it like that, you know, that that godlike syndrome because everybody answers to you, you know, the gate mm-hmm. agents, the flight attendants, nothing moves without you saying, let's go. Every decision that needs to be made is brought to you. You can kick whoever you want off. You could do really what any anything you need to do or want to do. And so some guys take that too far and think that their opinion can be broadcast. Over to 230 people, which is totally uncalled for. So uh, yeah, that will absolutely not happen at E Jets.
0: <laughs> I can tell you that much. Let me ask a quick two-part question. Um, yeah. First, will the service support? I'm assuming yes, but that's why I want you to correct me if it's not. Will the service support? I don't want to say international. Perhaps continental. Yeah. Cross continental is probably a better word because I'm assuming some of the flights, some of the planes involved wouldn't be able to do, say, you know, Nevada over to Malaysia just because of the plane. But perhaps they could go obviously to Mm -hmm. Canada, perhaps to parts of the UK. If that's part of the plan is question part first part of the question. If it is, is there any part and whether it even involves each directly or if it's just under a different guidance, but anything around mental wellness, mental health, um, you know, emotional situations where, you know, people things happen. People have lives outside of flying. But sometimes mm-hmm. we've seen where pilots they have traumatic situations and then it's harder for them to make the judgment calls for safety and anything you can talk about about that.
1: Absolutely. Man, this is I, I gotta I gotta give you credit. These are great questions. These are questions nobody asks. Uh usually it's mint price how many. So kudos to you for asking that. Um absolutely it's a very very high stress job. And it's also a high reward job. How you cure that is typically with flexibility. So Mm. our pilots, and we're going to be one of the few companies to do so, will have a rotating schedule, but we're going to give them the flexibility to drop swap. So if let's say, um, Pilot, Bill, he's got his daughter's 16th birthday and he's scheduled to be on for a seven day shift, right? We're gonna give him the flexibility to call one of the other guys say, hey, can you swap with me next week? Or myself personally, I'm gonna get typed in the Gulfstream and I'll fill in for guys. So if someone's feeling sick, if there is that 16th birthday, I'm gonna absolutely tell them, you stay home. You know, family time is important. Take care of your family, go enjoy it. And I'll go on that trip and take care of it for them. So um, having that flexibility is probably the biggest aspect uh, to a pilot's life because that's where stress comes in. You know, yeah. wife's upset, you're, you're gone too much, you're missing this, you're missing that. So now being able to say, hey, let me call so-and-so and see if he can swap with me and have that flexibility. Not many companies give that uh, to their pilots at all in the jet charter industry. So yeah. I think that's Word is getting out, and that's why we have so many applications.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. It's really good to hear. And on the celebrity side, so celebrities, as we know, love their private jets, some more than others. Some of them, like Floyd Mayweather, for example, they do it more as a stunt. They're not doing it really, some of them actually they do for travel, but they're really doing it as a stunt. They're doing it to show that they can. And Mm -hmm. then there are some who will literally take the regular planes, your deltas of the world, just because they can't justify the cost of getting on a private jet, even if they can afford it, they might be millionaires, but for them, it's not, they can't justify spending the extra for the private when the regular will do. Mm -hmm. For those, that group of people, you know, the the very, I don't want to say cheap, but just people that are very Mm -hmm. penny close. They don't want to spend a lot more money you're not going to be able to get everybody on board with the program. But what if you can talk about is kind of the messaging to sell the benefits beyond the spend. You're talking about, you know, the the cattle right that it is currently on regular planes. It's a cattle. You're yeah. stuck in the plane, yeah. sardine style, right. the coughing of the kids and da-da-da. there's all these different tertiary things I don't think people realize until they're on the plane. And then you get yeah. some people that don't just they just don't want to spend money. How yeah. do you intend to kind of talk them through the other benefits beyond the dollar amount so that it resonates to them why it makes sense as a business? Do you you get where I'm going with that?
1: Absolutely. So um we've uh I've been personally in touch with uh, multiple country music artists, professional athletes who've shared this desire to fly privately, but the twofold, right? Even though they're they've got, you know five million bucks sitting in the account, you know, to go from Phoenix to Dallas and spend thirty thousand dollars for a jet for that individual and his tour manager. A lot of them are like, it's not worth it, you know. I'm not. Right. I'm not willing to do that. So I can tell you that the partnership deals that we are in discussions with will involve some individuals of very high influence. And uh, essentially, what we're we're offering is is some ownership in the company in exchange for helping us get the word out. Because really, that's that's what we need is is some people to kind of spread the word about this project. Um, yeah. And so I do see. Anybody that's of that stature, they've flown privately because they've had somebody, you know, the record label or whoever fly them. So they know the perks. They know that it's showing up to an FBO is what we call them. They're like, and I hate to use the word gas stations, but they're like very, very nice gas stations at the airport. Mm -hmm. You walk in, there's leather chairs everywhere. There's whatever you want is there. And you walk through the door right onto the ramp into your jet, which is waiting with whatever food you wanted, whatever drinks you wanted, anything you wanted with two pilots ready to go. If you're an hour late, you're an hour late. That's just part of the gig. So right. meaning you're having lunch with somebody and it, it runs late. You don't have to stress that the plane's going to leave without you. It's not going to leave till you show up. So um, actually, just add the flexibility. I want to
0: interject that. I want to interject that because yeah. I think that's key because a lot mm-hmm. of these that you're talking about have commitments. They may have a yeah. commitment to like some org- some physical space or something else that they've committed under contract to be in a certain place at a certain time. We I, I actually saw this on Judge Joe Brown where the solution was supposed to show up at a certain place he didn't show and he sent somebody else instead. And he's like, you can't do that. You committed, you were gonna show up. And he said, well, stuff happened. Yeah. What you're talking about is, is important because it allows them to yeah. control that time to make sure that they stay within the boundaries of the contract. And contract breaches are probably one of the biggest waste of money that you can think of because it's preventable in this service. I like to hear that and that's awesome that that thought was put into that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The, now that said, the only time that you would have to be there at a time is if you're booking an empty leg. Because that plane yeah. is scheduled to go somewhere to pick someone else up. So I just want to make sure that's out there. Yeah, if the flight's scheduled to leave at 10, you need to be there about at least by 9.15, 9.30 yeah. is the latest.
0: But you have better control over it you know on the regular in the regular private side you don't necessarily have anywhere close to that level of control the booking is pretty much determined by someone else in terms of slots and it's going to leave whenever they feel like leaving sometimes there's somebody that comes aboard late or whatever and they depart late there's all sorts of things that at least there's some more control here for the person that's trying to get on the plane i think that's good
1: and and the thing that with with airlines right um it doesn't matter if it's a delta or or frontier southwest it doesn't there it's that plane's gone and it's yeah. you know you pay for what you get but with private jet travel with each jets you are literally the most important important person in our world that day and that's not just for the pilots there's a huge team behind the scenes I mean the amount of, I'm not I'm averaging very low low uh, not much sleep these days setting up the charter side because the team itself you know they'll know where you are where you need to be do you need to have transportation ready um, so forth uh, you you're gonna have a lot of people on standby just for you and that's whether you're you're doing one of our empty legs or not whether you paid fifteen hundred bucks for that flight or you paid twenty five thousand dollars you're treated the same you are the most important person to us in that day so yeah it's significant you'll notice it so
0: it sounds great. I love the way it's yeah. hearing. I've got to ask this question as we get close to wrap up. i got to ask this question. I'm going to apologize in advance for the question. But I assume <laughs> that with what's going on, some people might be curious too. Has there been any thought to, and if no, that's okay, but making sure that we avoid ETH jets going the way of Twitter, by which I mean... If you've been following what's going on with Twitter right now, they're having a hard time because unfortunately under previous leadership, they derailed themselves into a bad spot and everybody knew mm-hmm. it. And then now you got somebody wanting to come in there and make changes because they see it was bad. And now they're fighting to get that per, keep that person out. That tells you it's a toxic culture. It tells you that they were so far removed from reality. They can't see outside their own bubble. Talk to me mm-hmm. if there's been any thought about how do we maintain our culture so that it is still supportive of the pilots, but also the, the our passengers are most important and keeping yeah. that cultural sense, how do we maintain it so we don't go the way of a Twitter?
1: Absolutely another great question so that's what you said it is that's web 2 versus web 3 right there Mm. web 2 the people work to serve the top guy Jack Dorsey Mm -hmm. web 3 it's flip I'm working to serve the people it's completely different and so difference of opinion doesn't make somebody a bad person or a jerk on discord it just makes you stronger and I I'm very very thankful we've had some people on there you know be very upfront they're like "I, I mean they're like, I'm going to be honest. I don't see the the value. 90% of these people can't afford to charter this jet. So why should I buy it, right? I'm glad people said stuff like, because it makes us work harder to figure out ways to bring value to say, hey, no, I, I want you to buy and be a part of this. So let me figure out a way on my end that I can make that work. And so. Right. I just think that's the difference between Web 2 versus Web 3. The accountability is the community controlling it and me serving them, not the the other way around. And so uh, that problem that you mentioned, I think is... I'm not saying it's not gonna be there, but it's just a completely different atmosphere. It truly is like a community ground up organization that we're building, and that's I'm excited about it. I like it. Yeah. I like the accountability.
0: I like it. Um I like what you just said too, as far as the flip around of who's accountable yeah. to whom. Um yeah. I do think that's missing in cryptocurrency in general. So I'm glad to hear it <laughs> someone in crypto say that because I share it.
1: I, I mean, the thing is it's it's like these projects are making so much money and it's like you can't just expect to make it and then just disappear in your you know, fantasy roadmap. And I'm not saying everybody does that. There are people that come in with great intentions, but it's, it's the way I'm approaching this is like, you're my partner, right? Like you're putting your trust in me with your hard earned money. I want to return that times 10 back to you. And so I'm not going to give you a false promise of something that I don't think I can deliver on. I think you're going to see in the future, more projects are going to be utility based with the the PFP side, a little bit more secondary, but I think you're going to see the utility side of these projects. And it's, strictly more for accountability and providing something back to the user because we look at, oh, it's just 0.1 ETH or 0.08, like still three, 400 bucks. It's a lot of money Mm -hmm. or it's 0.5, 0.77 ETH, whatever it is. It's a lot of money, so um, yeah. I recognize that, and I wanna bring that back to our people. I want them to be beyond excited to have got in early, and I can't wait for the day when someone can charter a, and I didn't mention earlier, but yeah, the operation is global. We'll go anywhere in the world. We've got okay. several users over in Australia that are some hardcore F1 fans, and I can't wait to book their first trip for them. And that's the advantage of a Gulfstream. It it can cross cross the pond either way to get overseas to them, so.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah. All right, uh, we're at time. Do me a favor, close us out. Yeah. Anything you'd like to share to listeners, anything at all, the floor is yours.
1: All right. Well, first off, thanks for uh, having me on. Super excited about our project. Great questions today. Things that most people have never, never asked. But uh, for more information, really, our Discord is where it's at. You can go to ethjets and Ethjets ethjets.io. There'll be a Discord link. Hop in there. There's some great people in there. A great community. If you have a question, don't ever think it's too dumb to be answered. But there is an answer section with some videos. And we also have a questions section. So if you have something, put it in there. And if I can't answer it, someone else answer it Uh, we've got a lot of great info we are still uh, we just recently did a poll in terms of the mint price again kind of what I talked about earlier web two versus web three it isn't you know Nick Scott dictates this is what it's gonna be this is what you should pay instead we're saying hey what do you think the value is how much would you be willing to pay for this because we want to be aligned and in tune with the community and let them help us create the best product and value for them. So as far as the passes, there's gonna be two. There's gonna be a captain pass and a global pass. Um, the prices are still be uh, to be determined as well as the mint amount. How many, I'm sorry, the NFT quantity when this started, it was everybody did 10,000. So I'm like, all right, we got to do 10,000. But the more we engage with the community, we're realizing, you know, we probably need to to cut that down and do a little bit smaller amount uh, for more exclusivity. So um, that's coming. The other thing that I didn't mention is that all of our captain pass holders will have two hours of free jet time a year. The app is going to be revolutionary. The app is going to be amazing. You're going to be able to book everything on the app all your concierge service, your requests, anything you need. It'll all be done in the app, very like Web3 style. So other than that, I look forward to talking to anybody that comes in. Again, my name is Moose on the Discord or Nick Scott in real life. And I appreciate your time and look forward to getting to know you in in there.
0: So again, that was Moose, Nick Scott from ETHJETS, ETHJETS.io is the site. I encourage you to check out the site. I also encourage you on the site, they have links to their various social media and Discord is kind of their go-to. So there's more information on the Discord. If you've never used Discord, understand, uh, it's hard to describe, but understand that it's not going to behave like anything else that you've ever used. But once you kind of get in it, it'll make some sense. But ultimately, you need to create an account to get in it like any other. When you get inside, there's a, when you hit that link, it's going to prompt you to join it and you're joining a channel is what it's called after you join the channel there's a verification after you do the verification then you'll be able to access their different rooms inside the channel so on the left there's a navigation deal and there's sections they've got for questions sections they've got for answers and in the answers section they have videos directly from nick where he is actually asked answering questions that were asked by the community so that would be the place i would recommend starting to get a little bit more information once you check out the site that's going to give you probably of it. Go to the answer section in Discord. It's going to answer probably about another 20%. Anything that's not answered from the site, from the coverage here, or the Discord, you can ask in the questions room, and then they'll work to get you some answers. So understand this is a community-based project. They want the community feedback. They want the community questions. They want the involvement. Don't feel like your question is a stupid question because... Every question helps everybody grow, whether you're from a learning perspective or from, in their case, a development and management perspective. Every question helps everybody grow. So don't feel like it's a dumb question. I would ask, just make sure that you do the best you can. Check the site, go through, like literally click through and read and try to understand. I think everybody understands the the problem they're trying to solve, which is that this is a service that can be made more accessible to people outside of the 1% of wealth. I think that's pretty clear. And if you've never even considered taking a private jet, well, here's something to think about. Maybe you were going to go to a wedding or something with friends, or maybe you were going to go to get do a getaway with friends and family, or maybe you're just going to go and do like a family reunion, or something where there's a couple of you that just want to get away. This is an opportunity where you can do it and not have to deal with the sardine can that is the regular travel. Now, of course, yes, cost comes into play. I would argue think about one thing he mentioned, right? You get, let's say it's a $2,000 something. You can get a bunch of people to go with you and split the cost. That's a consideration. Something to think about that. Even if it's for you, perhaps out of cost or out of the pocket or anything else, there's going to be people that, that have that need. I can name tons of situations, people that want to go to a fight. Like recently we had Errol Spence Jr. versus Yordanius Ugas down in Texas. You could, potentially charter a private flight to go to that fight right and have a bunch of friends all go with you well how's that any different than having a bunch of friends where you are at your house and somebody does pizza and beer and everything else yes it's more money but it's the experience of a thing so there are people there's interest in doing those kinds of getaway type events that i think is a great use case for this weddings i think is a key use case for something like this and then of course consider that if you're a holder in the nft space you benefit just because you're part of the community when celebrities and others take advantage of the charter service whether they hold the nft or not you're getting it's paid forward you're getting back as supportive of the community because you hold the nft and it's transferable so now you're talking potential generational wealth right if you have the nft and it's been financially beneficial for you as you see the thing grows perhaps you then transfer it down to your kids or to your niece or nephew the possibilities are endless. And so I'm not trying to sell you on it. I'm trying to get you to think about outside of what we know of a traditional cryptocurrency, right? Everything in cryptocurrency is always about it's going to launch. And then you hold a number of tokens. And then we kind of hope go to the moon. deep, 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 And then it crashes because it was a pump and dump or you're worried about anti-whale. This one, you have to think about it differently. You're kind of forced to think about use case of why you would get in. Number one, to use case of other people that don't think the way you do because maybe you don't see for your own use the value of the service but you certainly know that others would and so you can still benefit even if you don't partake of the service little think about it if you benefit from it then it encourages you potentially to try the service so the possibilities are endless take a look at it see what it see if it makes any sense i would also close with saying if you've never traded nfts educational parts are part of this, right? So learning about creating the wallet and it's for the wallet perspective, if you have a crypto wallet, so this can be the same wallet, can be a new wallet. That's not hard. But there are some things you would need to know about where the NFT was minted, the marketplace, quote unquote, how you can't necessarily see it in your wallet and some steps that you need to manage your NFT and then the benefits and how you would receive the benefits. So there's going to be some educational pieces to talk you through it. And just be aware of what that all means that's all part of what they're trying to build as a community is not just throw you to the wolves like you see with some of these crypto projects but actually embrace you as part of the community let you ask questions make sure that you're comfortable and realize that even if it's not for you there's still an opportunity to benefit as part of a community aspect i think that's important to take away from the conversation and i hope that some of the questions i was asking dig they kind of help you understand i wasn't as concerned about the nft know that the nft it's going to work if the business works i wanted to understand the business i wanted to understand sustainability i wanted to understand the whole staffing part i wanted to understand the you know the difference in the flight and the philosophies and culture and everything else because to me if all of that's healthy everything else is easy but the hardest part is can we create a culture in not just the online community but with the pilots and everybody else can we create a culture that is sustainable if that's sustainable and it can be successful and it's solving a real world problem then in theory everything else should just naturally flow more fundamental rather than the nft because i think nft is kind of secondary to me personal opinion because it's it's still dependent on the the fundamentals of the organization being strong and so if you join the community take a look ask any questions that you choose i encourage you to do so challenge and anything I didn't ask feel free to ask those do not go in it with skepticism I encourage you to go in skeptical and have your concerns allay. the things I'd love to see which we talked about I'd love to see a white paper I think the one thing about the white paper if it's following the rubric which is who what where when how and why we should be able to answer most of those at any time like who we know the who because they've got it on the site Well, we can start an initial white paper, even if it's a light paper, meaning it's not full, but it's a work in progress with the who the what's known. It's on the site. The where is known because we know where people are. We may not know when, but we can at least put some tentatives. Right. We expect to X, Y, Z. The how we may not have all the answers so we can say TBD. And then the why we already answered here on the podcast. Well, we can put that into a light paper, just to have some document that we can look at and we can distribute and We could say, here's what we're doing so that when we reach out to different avenues or the community does, there's something distributable that we can watch and then just simply edit it over time. So I I do think that the white paper could be done and I'd like to see it if it's possible to just from the rubric perspective, whatever we can put in, we have something there that we know is subject to change. I understand what Nick's saying as far as not necessarily putting something out there and then not be able to deliver. So I think we just don't put anything in it that is subject to delivery. The who is not subject to delivery, right? The what's not subject to delivery. The why is not subject to delivery. The other things we can say TBD and leave it at that and then just edit it over time. I, You heard me ask about the business plan. I personally, personally feel that the business plan should come after minimum viable product the reason for this is when you're building it like this, like the business plan to me is that's a kind of document that very few people will read and it's already kind of assured that they've already got kind of the allegiances that are going to help jump this to the next level such that I don't think the business plan adds significantly more value than the white paper. If done right would do like, it feels like for this, the white paper, if we put that out first with, like I said, the, the who, the, what, the where and the why, upfront, I think we can at least get some confidence and assurance and a distributable. And then the business plan can come, whatever it comes. It's my personal opinion shared only by me, my thoughts. Uh, the other thing I thought about is with the tokens, I'd like to know a little bit more about that, but it's a work in progress, but it's a good thing to understand the distribution model for the tokens. And the reason I'm saying that here is if without a white paper, there's no way to know from a tokenomics perspective, what that you know price movement, uh, any anti-whales, uh, is there a pre-sale, like all those things, if there'll be a token to try to get ahead of potential risk, not risk investment, but risk of price movement, volatility with the token, but it's early phases. So I'm not holding that necessarily against anybody. Just something I called out that I'd like to know without the white paper, it's hard to know. What might this look like in a future state and any thoughts put into how this all will work? The final point, of course, is I was asking questions more about the safety, right? The, the pilots and, and that comes from just we're in a very tumultuous society right now, especially in the United States where there's uncertainty when you deal with planes, not with private jets it's less worry about other passengers, right? but we've just had pilots that they get influenced because they're human and hearing that there's going to be some procedures or some code of conduct or something kind of wrapped around. That's good. And I'd love to hear that. I'd also like to kind of understand a little bit better and it's early, but later on, I'd like to kind of understand when you do like uh joint events. So let's say you have a pilot and we need to do kind of shift changes or that alignment schedule alignment, that kind of stuff, more mechanics of how these things work. I'd like to see some of that. So where I'm getting at is there's a service called flightaware.com and it, he talked about, Nick talked about having an app that lets you see where different planes are and that kind of stuff. If that can be extended to even seeing, you know, pilots and where they are in the, in the world or in the nation or where are certain planes in flight, like more of that information, that would be cool. That's more of me being a fanboy than anything else. So uh, hopefully this has been very helpful and informational, not just from the, uh, my coverage, but also from the guest and the project. And I strongly encourage you to take a look at it, see if it makes any sense. This is all in the works. So this is not something where there's a call to action outside of taking a look at it and see if it makes any sense. Make sure you wrap your head around the fact that again, it is trying to build a business. This is something that would be a business. This is not something that would be just a token that you would invest that has a pump and dump risk. You're actually investing towards the success of a business and it's trying to put a utility around the NFT you would hold, but the NFT also has its own intrinsic value. That's all I got for you here today, folks. uh, I've got a couple of other things that are gonna be happening. I'm gonna hold off on announcing those until Thursday's episode, but I'm working hard and heavy on everything that's going on and I will keep you in the loop about anything that changes. Um, but I gave you most of the significant stuff when today's update prior to the guest. And then I'll have my call tomorrow with my contact and hopefully I'll get some good news about the initial phases of this thing. And then I'll be able to better tell you what's going to happen in the future for my physical location. The I'm not worried about the availability of the podcast or audio or any of that. That's all good. It's where I'm physically going to be, making sure that I can continue delivering to you the quality that you expect as well as this partnership, potential partnership that's coming and seeing if that one goes forward. And I will let you know on that one because that one would solve all of my current concerns. It literally would just solve them because then I can position things a little bit differently and I don't have to worry about the time or the date. I can literally just leave. (laughs) So I will check in with you guys on Thursday. Please do stay confident. I know it's kind of red. And again, every time the president goes up, he says something and it craps everything i i understand and i know that it's troubling and i know it's weird times hold the line whether things get better i suspect that they will i would say though that we are starting to see a shift towards utility-based projects projects that do something projects that solve real world problems outside the crypto bubble and i think if we can get more of them if we can get more credible projects but also hold them accountable right Having them on the show that's a neutral platform and being willing to answer any question, to me, should increase confidence. And you can never know it's crypto. You got to manage your own risk. But I think if we get more projects to do this kind of exercise, we are going to see standouts. And then everybody else is just going to die off. (laughs) And hopefully we get to that world where we can feel more confidence in cryptocurrency as an evolution rather than a de-evolution. So I'll check in with you guys Thursday. Thank you for listening.